Hello and welcome everyone to the Key to Licensing One Simple Idea, simplifying licensing for inventors, product developers, and idea people. If you are here looking to learn about how to get your product to market through the route of licensing, you are in the right place. Stay tuned and make sure to join the others who are on their licensing journey. Hello and welcome everybody to another InventRight podcast. I'm Sylvia Pomazak, InventRight advisor and alumni. And also today I am joined by Paul Sorensen, who is one of our InventRight coaches. Welcome, Paul. I'm excited to have you on the show today. Well, thanks, Sylvia. I'm always glad to come on the show with you. Absolutely. And actually, you know what, after we're doing this show today, but you and I recently were at the Chicago, the houseware show in Chicago, the International Houseware Show. And so we're probably going to do another podcast just on the houseware show alone, because that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother story. We might even... Yeah, we, we might even end up, you know, going over uh, half an hour on that just because <laughs> of uh, just because of how much uh, fun we had over there. So, that but was tons of fun, lots of good information, and just good experience, if nothing else. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I always think um, anyone that kind of is uh, creating ideas in this category should at least try and make it out to the houseware show. Uh, once you know at least just one yeah, time to sure. kind of grasp and understand the magnitude of what's out there and how big it is and so it was a really great experience so but now let's turn back to you and uh tell us a little bit about yourself a little you know background uh and uh let's uh, get to know you a little bit more all righty well i was born and raised in northern utah i live about nine miles away from the Idaho border, so I'm way north. Um, boy, my background, I uh, i don't even know what to say. I've always been kind of the guy that could fix things or make things. Um, didn't really think about um, developing products uh, until later in life. It was probably only about 10 years ago that I uh, actually formed a group with some friends, and we... <laughs> We obviously didn't know what we were doing because we were talking about great big ideas that were not definitely not the InventRight uh, model. And boy, it's a good thing we'd never went through with any of them because what I know now, it would have been a very difficult road. Uh, I really appreciate um, you know the whole process of keep it simple. I mean, Stephen's book, One Simple Idea, you can't say it any better than that. Yeah, but, I agree. But I, as far as my professional background, after I graduated from college, I was the marketing director for a company for a couple of years, and then I got into the insurance industry, and I had a couple agencies there that I ran for about 13 years, and um, I guess I'm just the kind that was always looking for the opportunity and uh, if one came that was better than the one I was at, I went to it. And uh, so I owned a couple companies over the years. I've been self-employed. Uh, I don't know if I'm a very good employee because I've been self-employed my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
I've been in the food production company. I owned a food production company that we manufactured a food product. So I ran the entire company, all aspects of it. Um, uh, got distribution. I got us into Walmart and into a bunch of the distribution centers, and that was an education in and of itself doing that. Um, but I've throughout my life I've done construction work, mechanic work. Uh, was in the mortgage business a little while. Uh, when I was in the insurance business, I did financial services. So I kind of done a lot of different things. And um, I'm not sure how it came up, but one time I got an email. I don't know if it was a spam or what, but it was about Stephen's book, One Simple Idea. And, and it looked interesting. And so I read the free pages that you could read on the email and I'm like oh that looks like a good book so I ordered it and I seriously devoured that thing I uh, my favorite thing is to go up the canyon so I took the book pulled into a little camp spot up the canyon and I read almost the entire book in one day and I'm wow. like this is awesome I can totally do this and it aligned with kind of my personality and what I kind of wanted to do with that uh, invention group that I started and um, I just wanted to know more and called and talked to Stephen and Andrew and, and became a student. And, um, and when was that? So like when was, when was that? Where Is that the first time that you learned about the licensing approach? Uh -huh. or the licensing yeah, I didn't even know licensing existed mm -hmm. until I read the book. And that was back in 2011. And I became a student, went through the program, and I faced the same challenges that a lot of my students face. I didn't know what product to work on. I had a list of different ones. And, and I remember the call with Andrew that we sat and went through uh, my list. And he's like, yeah, this one, I've had several students over the years do that. And it's just a tough one. This one, um, you know, is a... Uh, packaging one so that's going to be hard because I had one in that I think everybody does and uh -huh. I didn't understand the challenges of that and he went through this one's an okay idea and this one's an okay idea and he guided me he's like of all the ones I think I'd start with your spatula idea and um, went through and end up getting a licensing deal on that it wasn't the one with the best company as far as distribution goes, but I'll tell you, when you get a licensing deal, a deal is a deal, and you're oh yeah, cloud nine, you know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I remember thinking to myself, like, I just want to see that contract. I just want to, I just want to get a deal done. After that, I don't even care, or maybe I care slightly, but I just want to know that this is possible. Like uh -huh. that first time that you go through it. And you're, you get that first deal is just so, so exciting. It's, it's the pee your pants moment. That's yeah. what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah, um, see, yeah. I've learned not to pee my pants too early in the game. It's well, when not, the yeah, after, now you learn. That's right. Now it's just like, okay, now, now, okay, they have interest. Okay, great. That's great. You know, we'll, t we'll I'll talk to them later. I got to go eat some lunch now. Or, you know, after you sign the contract or after you get the contract, it's like, okay, all right. You know, I got to go, uh, got to get a, get a snack. I'm going to have some coffee. Yeah. Uh, I relate everything for me is all about food. So I am <laughs> like eating constantly. And so, but, so I always go back to, 
you know, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, calm down, have my cup of coffee and, uh, and keep, keep going here. So <laughs> yeah, I've been receiving royalty checks on that uh, for over six years now. And it's still awesome. Every time that check comes, it, you just think, yep, it's for real. This, it can happen to even just normal guys like me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, and super you feel cool. like I know that I, um, and we talked about this before, like, did you ever think or feel like um, either intimidated or like that you wouldn't be able to, like, how would you be able to do this or would you be able to do this or is this even possible or um, did you ever have doubts? Um, I think everybody has doubts because it's such a new concept. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, when you ask me that, I'm like, I don't know that I really felt that way because um, I came into the program. You know, I think if I was just doing it on my own, I'd be pretty lost. Yeah. Even with the book and having all the steps there, I just look back and see I needed somebody to hold my hand through it for the first time or two. And... Um, Back then, it's when Stephen and Andrew would kind of tag team you. Whoever was available would take. So I got to be coached by those guys and just became <laughs> good friends with them. And I love those guys. And yeah. they knew what they were talking about. They still do, I guess. don't want to say it in the past. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think that Stephen's texting me right now. What would you just say? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we need to get him away from his phone. Sometimes I wonder what would happen if somebody took Stephen's phone and hid it from him. Like, what would, what, what, what's, what's going to go out go? What's going to happen with that? <laughs> but anyway, having them there, I guess I don't, I didn't have that doubt. I'm like, no, I just got to follow what they tell me. And um, it didn't mean that I was going to get a deal. And that's, I think, an important thing for people to realize is nobody gets a deal on every product they do. Um, it's just the key is learning the principles and applying them to many different ideas. And you'll get better for sure. I mean, that's uh, kind of moves into one of the questions you wanted me to talk about today is some of the challenge that students face. Mm-hmm. And I think that is probably the single biggest challenge I think that they face is they think that they should be able to do it on their first idea the first week they're a student. And yes. as I was trying to think of a good analogy, back when I was, I think I was like nine or 10 years old and my mom had me take piano lessons. And I remember I couldn't do anything that first time you know you could hit the keys but a monkey can hit keys right <laughs> it takes time and practice and lessons and yeah. as i was thinking about that it's not even just practicing it's practice what you do and then go back and have a lesson and i thought how cool that is that that is exactly what invent right uh the 10-step program is you have your lesson you meet with your coach and then you go practice and you uh get a little progress going and come back and check in and boy, there's so much value in that, that you are reassured that you're on the right path or you can make little corrections and you're not going off on some tangent to find out, Oh my gosh, I've been traveling down the wrong road. Exactly. Uh, so that I think would be the, one of the biggest challenges that students face is thinking that they have to 
be good at it right out of the gate. And none of us are worse. I mean, I'm still learning, you know, going to the show. It was cool to see the things that I learned there. And, uh, just on a constant basis, even working with my students every day, um, I still learn from their experiences. Yeah. I think that, that analogy, I love that analogy of, your anything in life and everything in life is going to be is going to take you time and is going to you have to be willing and you have to be open and you have to work at it it is not going to be it it's not going to happen in a day it's not going to happen overnight but yeah. you have you have to practice you have to work on it and you're there's going to be times where you know you might want to throw the the music books or bash your guitar or you know like you just <laughs> but at the but the, at the end of the day it's like okay the the fr there might be uh, points of frustration you know there might there's going to be points of maybe you you don't want to practice you know oh, I have to practice but. If you do want to get good at it, if you do want to get better at it, then you do have to practice. You do have to, you know, get lessons, have somebody there who can show you that how you how you don't have to get frustrated right. or how to maybe a technique or so I love that analogy of music. I love yeah. I mean I'm I'm a huge music person. I love music. I uh played a musical instrument growing up and um and uh, I love that analogy. It's just the perfect analogy. So yeah, that's, I, I, that's I love the group Journey, and their lead guitarist is Neil Sean, and uh -huh. I love watching him play the guitar. Oh, my gosh, he is just so good, and you can tell he loves it. But I guarantee he has spent thousands and thousands of hours practicing to get that good. Yeah. You're not going to be that proficient at anything if you just kind of dabble in it and do a little here and there. Yeah. And so what I think my point is in practicing licensing is not practicing each step individually. It's doing lots of projects. Go yeah. through this idea and you might be successful, you might not. Grab another product, go through it, and you're going to learn so much every single time you take any idea through all eight or all ten steps um, that you will really start refining your skills and getting to where you know what to do and what not to do and how to talk to companies better and how to evaluate your products better and so you even know if you should go through with it. Because you can take any idea all the way through and call companies and find out nobody wanted it where sometimes you could have, with some experience, you could have known that in you know, step one, two, and three. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Sometimes a lot of people want to just jump over the initial steps of, I, I need to, I need to protect this. I need to file my PPA. I need to patent this. Like, oh my God, this is, you know, this has to be protected just in case, like somebody steals it from the depths of my head and my <laughs> thoughts and I need to get it out there and protect it. But it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, let's uh, rein it back a little bit and start with step one. Okay, let's uh, let's look at the market <laughs> and yeah, yeah. do yeah and, and follow the process. And follow. You know, that being said, though, even though you 
you can study the marketplace and you think it's a good idea and and you go through and get it to the point that you're calling companies and the interesting thing is the company doesn't know either they're taking their experience and and their knowledge and they're making a judgment and they're like yeah we'll take it on and then they get it into the store and they the proof is in when the consumers buy the product and then the retail store reorders the product. That's mm -hmm. the only time you really know. So yeah. none of us totally know. Um, I'm sure I know that there's companies out there that have passed on ideas that they are going, Oh my gosh, we blew it because that right. thing is killing it. And they all have products that they took on and they're like, wow, we need to take this behind the barn and shoot it because right. it's not doing anything. And That's so right. not even at that level do they know no. Exactly. No one has a magic crystal ball. Right. They can do all the data analysis, research, focus groups, you know, all the all, everything. Put all that time and energy into uh, doing the doing all of that. But at the end of the day, what's really going to be what determines if the product sells or not? is somebody taking it to the cash register and paying for it. Yeah. And so nobody, you know, and nobody's going to actually know. And a lot of times I kind of, I get angry sometimes when individuals say, I know that this is going to be a million dollar idea, or I know how to do this and I know how to do that. And I'm just like, well, tell me something you don't know. Because obviously, if you think you know everything, then why are we having this conversation? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, well, and just, that's another thing. When you call a company, you're talking to a manufacturer, and you go off telling them, oh, I know this is going to make millions, and I know that it's going to sell out of the stores. All the company's going is going, oh, boy, you delete. don't know. That's, <laughs> what, yeah. that's what they're thinking. Delete, delete, uh, delete email, uh, delete yeah. voicemail, right? Last thing you, last thing that they want to hear is okay. Blacklist. They're on the blacklist. Yeah. Do not enter. Do not pass go. Don't even talk to this person again because I don't want to hear it because uh, they don't know Jack. So you know that's one of the challenges too. Is you also want to come in if you don't have passion for your product, you shouldn't be. I don't necessarily say you shouldn't be doing it because I think you can license stuff that you don't just love. I mean, I yeah. licensed my spatula, and and I don't love cooking. I don't. I've never worked in a restaurant, you know. So it was just a good idea that a good buddy of mine and I came up with because he had the experience, and it happened to work, you know. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, that's actually even better because there's a lack of emotional connection to it. Sometimes when individuals I find have a very strong emotional connection to their product they're not willing to either give up or move past it or move on something else yeah, well you get so blinded to blinded, totally blinded the facts you know they think this is the world's best thing everybody's gonna want it mm -hmm. and anytime somebody says that it's like okay you're living in another dimension because Correct. that's not the reality with any product mm -hmm. that's right yeah absolutely and so a lot of people have a hard time uh, a hard time with reality uh, mm -hmm. they they want to not accept or not listen to what the actual truth is or what the reality of the situation is or and and they can't move past that and mm -hmm. so it's it's hard to uh 
you know, to get individuals to understand that, especially when they're so focused on either that one product or that one idea. And it's just like you, that's not what licensing is about. You can't just be focused on just one. And I see this, it's called, um, there's a theory and I can't remember, I can't bring, I can't totally remember. Oh, sunk cost theory where you have this one idea and you keep on throwing more and more money at it and more money at it. And you can't, you've put in so much time and effort and money and all this that you can't let it like it's either you can't let it go to move on to something else and now you're stuck at well I can't do this anymore I can't put any more money in it you know no one's either licensing it from me or no one's buying it from me but I also can't move away and move because that means that I've you I've spent all this time and energy and money on this one product that still can't move. And it's, that is where a lot of individuals, it's so hard to be able to say, this is the reality of the situation. You have to be able to move on. You know, the relationship is no longer, it's not working. You okay? It's, like you said, you got to take it out back and shoot it or put it on, you put it on the shelf, come back to it later. But it's, and so when individuals can't move past that or move on to that. That is something, another thing that I loved as a student and I continue to appreciate at the highest level about the invent right approach is the, the whole thing is don't put any money into it until you marketplace and then when you move on to the prototype I don't think I've ever done a prototype that I put more than 50 bucks into yeah and so even at that point you've got a $50 risk and you're not even to the PPA stage yet so you don't even have the other $70 in so even but even when you do get to that point you know I've I don't think I've ever been more than $150 into an idea and mm-hmm. so that's the maximum risk I've had in anything I've done and Boy, the risk reward is so nice that um, I didn't have, you know, $10,000 or even $1,000 into an idea. Yeah. And I talk to students that they start talking about um, getting a a prototype made and, oh, it's going to be about $2,000. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't need to do that. Keep it under a couple hundred bucks so you can afford to so it's sustainable you can keep developing products when you risk a couple hundred bucks yeah not that a couple hundred bucks isn't something because a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks but you don't need to mortgage your house to get a loan to develop products absolutely i fully agree i always want to keep my i always i consider it bootstrapping i want to keep my costs as low as possible for every single idea that i plan on pitching to companies because keeping that risk uh, you know and spending as little as possible before until they actually tell me yes you know yeah. yes let's let's continue to move forward so, so. It get, what it does, it allows you, if, if it gets 
money gets tight, all you have to do is give up your coffee. Now you have product development money. <laughs> and I do Nespresso. Oh, I do Nespresso. I do not do Starbucks, by the way. So we met up at Starbucks. And we totally, I mean, we can probably, our whole team can, you know, probably be a, a walking advertisement by the Starbucks store there. But I, I do Nespresso. I actually, I miss the Nespresso people or booth at the show. And I, Oh man, I mean, now that I think about and I process the show and how much I still missed, it I, I makes me sad. I'm like, I missed free coffee. There was Nespresso. <laughs> I, I may have walked away with a, uh, just a free machine. They may have given me a free Nespresso machine. I could have, I could have sold that all day long. Like, There's some positive thinking. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, next year is another, it's a new plan. And again, we have to talk about this on a, on another, sh on another show. So um, I know we can talk about the houseware show all day and night. But how did you end up becoming um, a coach? So now that you're coaching students, how did that happen? Well, uh, like I mentioned, I went through the program back in 2011. And um, I think I'm a coach because I just became genuine friends with Stephen and Andrew, and we kind of kept in touch every now and then through the years. And I just felt that genuine relationship. It wasn't just this business relationship. Mm -hmm. And then Stephen called me and says, hey, you know, we're, we're uh, looking, we'd like to talk to you about coming on at right." which I'll tell you, it was, it's huge that I came on because like I say, I've been self-employed my whole life. It's, and it was a hard thing just to be an employee. To say that I have a boss is so foreign to me. Mm -hmm. It just blows my mind every time I think that I'm working for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but it couldn't be for better guys and a better oh, circumstance. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I'm here is because of, of Stephen and Andrew and who they are, and then uh, couple that with the InventRate process and program and how uh, it just aligns perfectly with my values and um, just what I stand for. It's, there's, I love it that there's not an ulterior motive. And I came in, I was really skeptical when I came on as a student. I was thinking, okay, where am I going to get screwed here? Because I know everybody's out there to take advantage of you. Yeah. And I found very early on that it was different than that. And when I came out the other side, I could look back and go, oh, my gosh, there was no catch to it. And that's so foreign to us because there's always a catch to everything, you know. Absolutely. And when, he, when they asked me to coach, I'm like, absolutely, I can represent that company because it's in line with my values and um, it's just such a fun field to be in, and it's legitimate. Uh, it can be done. Um, just ordinary people with the given the right tools and putting enough practice and time into it, uh, they can. Any of us can do this. Absolutely, I love it. You're. I completely, I completely agree. A hundred percent. I love that. Well, I want to uh, 
Um, thank you so much because we're running out of time here and uh, we gotta, we'll, we're got we going to get you on uh, another show with me to talk about the houseware show, of course. But I want to thank you so much, Paul, for being a guest on the show today. Um, and also thank everyone out there who is listening. Um, if you like the show, please go to iTunes and give us a review and tune in next time for another Invent Right podcast. Right. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure to be here, and and I just appreciate the time to come and spend with you. Thanks, Paul. All right, we'll do this again.